0: everyone welcome to the weekly walkthrough here on kcou 88.1 fm columbia it's 11:05 a.m here on your sunday a bit of a warmer sunday than we've had the past couple of weeks uh and it is nice to be here in the studio i'm your host ethan Salm, joined by me in studio with my co-host nick catlin
1: yes sir
0: uh what's going on nick how are you this morning
1: I'm good. I'm good. It's nice to not have to be worrying about the weather today as yeah, I, to the I other say, Sundays. I
0: actually walked over today. 35 degrees feels like a heat wave with what we have had, you know, in the past week or so with, with all that cold. So we hope uh, everybody got through all that cold and all that good stuff. Uh, and we're going to here to bring you the show. So last week, upsets. Uh, my pick was on Sunday. It was Wisconsin over Michigan. It was close, but Michigan did pull it out at the end and yours was oklahoma state over baylor and you were due having a little bit of my medicine and that game was postponed so no oklahoma state and baylor last week upsetting upsetting it is how does it feel i mean it is what it is i it's
1: a covid world i'm happy that the teams are at least taking the necessary precautions to avoid infecting people so fair play i guess
0: yeah and and They'll try and get it in, and we'll see what happens because I think those teams are still scheduled to play once, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, but with, with no further ado, let's get right into the show, don't you think? Yes, sir. Duke freshman Jalen Johnson last week announced that he will forego the rest of the season and will prepare for the NBA draft. A, a lot a lot of controversy in the national media about this story with the fact that a lot of people have said he was quitting on the team and... and opting out this late is is not really opting out call out the names uh john rothstein john rothstein was one of them that uh that said do he you do quitting. You have exactly do you have exactly quitting. what he said it, it was on twitter i uh, can find
1: it real quick just go ahead Give and me the he breakdown would, of it.
0: yeah so basically jalen johnson he has had a foot injury he's been dealing with a foot injury for for a past couple of weeks it, it was potentially a severe foot injury. He did come back and play in a few games. He hasn't started since then, and then he had he did last week decide to opt out and not finish, and not finish the season for Duke, which doesn't really look like Duke's going anywhere this year. We're not sure if there's going to be an NIT kind of tournament uh, this year with with COVID and everything like that, and they're unlikely to make the NCAA tournament. But nonetheless, a lot of people have said he has been quitting, and a lot of other people have been on the opposite side of that, saying. The kid's basically making the decision that's best for him and he shouldn't be, you know, judged for that.
1: He said, quote unquote, opting out with three weeks left in the regular season isn't opting out. It's quitting.
0: What place does is John Rothstein in to be able to criticize a kid like that?
1: I don't I don't believe he is in the right place, to be honest, because it is Jalen Johnson's if he if he was injured, I heard he was dealing with an injury and things like that. With COVID being such a big thing, if he cannot play at his highest level and he feels like he might be going through an injury, the
0: team's not very good anyways. And why would you put yourself at risk in a, in a sport where if you're in the NBA and you're getting paid, it makes sense, but this is college basketball. He tweaks his foot, which has been injured. In a, in, a, in a meaningless game against a, a bottom-tier ACC school in the end of this and ruins his ability to play well at a higher level, it, it's completely his decision to be able to opt out. And he, he's completely fine. with I'm completely fine with him opting out like this.
1: And along with that, thinking about just the COVID-19 virus in general, there, when, you get, when you get infected with it, a lot of players may come back and not be able to be conditioned because you're not only in quarantine, but your body had that infectious virus that does affect people negatively in a lot of like there's a lot of deaths, half million Americans have died from it. I mean, it's a very serious thing with that being said, they may like him, his health could be at a detriment because he could get infected. There's a lot of players, a lot of teams have been postponed. You've had a lot of games that you've picked as upsets get postponed that we've talked about a lot and a lot of great matchups in college basketball and across the whole sports world has been postponed to this virus. So that's another angle to look at it as well. And there's no reason for him to be, be put in those situations when he doesn't have to be.
0: I just thought it was ridiculous the amount of people that were that were criticizing him and that kind of stuff. It's just it's there's no reason to be out attacking him over this. The, the official statement from Duke, I've got it right here, uh, the Coach K statement was, while well, we are encouraged by what we are seeing medically for Jalen's future, we believe this decision is in his best interest. We are ultimately careful with our every one of our players and will continue to support Jalen as he progresses through or toward his goal of playing professional basketball. He deserves to be fully healthy for the NBA draft. And Jalen Johnson's statement was, I appreciate everything about my time at Duke. Coach K, my teammates in the program have been nothing but supportive throughout this season, especially during the rehab of my foot injury. My family, coach, and I have made the decision that I should not play the remainder of the season so I can be 100% healthy in preparation for the NBA draft. This was not an easy decision, but we feel that it is best for my future. All
1: right, all right. I believe he's number six on the draft board, so he's going to be a lottery pick probably certainly, regardless of opting out or not. It's his decision. We have to respect it for what it is. We can't make him play collegiate basketball. And moving off of that, we can talk about... Another college basketball program, the Missouri Tigers, who lost their third straight game on Tuesday to Georgia, losing by ten, eighty to seventy in that one. Did you watch this game,
0: sir? I did, I did, and the second half was was disappointing once again, as a lot of them have been so far this season. You look at it, and they were outscored forty-seven to thirty-three in the second half. Forty-seven to thirty-three in the second half of a basketball game. Yes, that they were playing a team that is six and 6-8 in the SEC. It can't happen. It just can't happen. I know they didn't have Jeremiah Tillman, and it's okay that they didn't have Jeremiah Tillman. Of course, he was dealing with some family issues, and he should take all the time that he needs to, to grieve over the loss of his grandmother, and that's fine. But somebody else needed to step up and play better, and if you look at it, Nobody. I mean, Kobe Brown had 21 points. That was something that we we hadn't seen a lot from Kobe in the past. That was his career high, I believe, here at Mizzou, was 21 points. But if you look at the rest of the team, it's unlike um, it's unlike Xavier Pinson to only score 11. It's unlike Drew Smith to only score nine.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of struggle shooting in this game. They shot six for 26 from three. I mean, that is horrendous. Like you said, a lot of Xavier Pinson shot one for seven from three drew smith shot one for five from three things like that they couldn't get production going out of anyone other than kobe brown who had a phenomenal game but it just wasn't enough and the second half they offensive got stagnant and it just defense you they almost i mean they almost gave a 50 points. i mean
0: it just doesn't bode it just doesn't bode well because yes jeremiah tillman's a big part but we've seen him not this year but in the past get into foul trouble and that kind of stuff and it's 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 the situation that, you know, we see him get into foul trouble in in a tournament game, and you have to turn to somebody else to, to deliver the points in these past couple of games where he's been out. We haven't really seen that. We haven't really seen the guard play step up. And it's it's a bit concerning. Heading towards March, of course, with with a week left in February here. Yeah,
1: I, I thought it was I thought it was very concerning. But with that being said, we'll get later into the show about their victory this past, yesterday, correct? Yeah, Saturday. And how well they played with Jeremiah Tillman back. I mean, he's a big part of this team. And I think that if you are evaluating this Mizzou team, you have to cons- you have to understand and get the context on these games that Jeremiah Tillman for this three-game stretch has not been there. Or at least the last two, correct? Has he not been there for the last three?
0: Jeremiah Tillman?
1: Yeah, for those three games. He, I believe he played in the
0: first one. In the first one, which was a loss to Ole Miss, I will confirm that. But I know he did not play against Arkansas, and he did not play against Georgia, who we just talked about.
1: Which you think Mizzou has, if they have Jeremiah Tillman out there, they probably win those games. He
0: did play against Ole Miss in a 21-point loss for the Tigers, but he played 25 minutes and only shot four field goals. Interesting. Yeah. Not something you normally see.
1: But we will get later into how they how they performed on Saturday. They
0: bounced back Saturday, and we'll talk they about do.
1: that. And then baseball news with baseball pitchers and catchers reporting as well. So baseball season is right around the corner with spring training starting in March, correct? Spring, spring training. training
0: and- pitchers and catchers reported spring training has started already.
1: I know. Well, yeah. I mean, like, spring training games.
0: Oh, they start here in the next couple of weeks, yeah.
1: So, yeah, March. And then... In baseball news, though, on Tuesday, or Wednesday, excuse me, Fernando Tatis Jr. signs that extension, 14 years, $340 million to stay with the San Diego Padres for a long, long time. What do you think of this deal?
0: Um, It's interesting. It's interesting. He is, of course, one of the most exciting players in baseball and one of the most fun players to watch. But at the same time when you look at how much he's played, he has not played a full 162-game season in, in Major League Baseball yet. And he has signed the, what is it, third biggest contract in MLB history. One of the largest, for sure. Yeah, and he hasn't actually played an entire season so well. I think Fernando Tatis Jr. is good, and he's he's going to be one of the best players that you know we'll see in the league for a while. It's interesting because you ink a guy that really hasn't shown you elite-level production, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts-level production, like those bigger contracts than him are, for 14 years. And you've seen it. You know, you've seen it with the Cubs and with some other teams. You know, Javier Baez at some point was playing up to a level that he could be making a contract like this, but you've seen it over the past couple of years. He's dropped off. People can drop off and slump for years and years on end and not regain form. It's it's just Interesting. I mean I like the deal. I think it's it's good for the Padres to keep their guy around and all of that, but it's 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 a little bit concerning that they signed him to this long and this big without him playing a full season.
1: I understand. Yeah, I understand that because when you look at some of the contracts that we've seen in the NFL, like Carson Wentz signed a huge contract and now they the Eagles want nothing to do with them with him and obviously traded him, which we'll talk about that on our Thursday slate coming up next. But they just traded him to Indianapolis. But he he got a premature deal before they really realized what they had. And I see that with Jared Goff as well. Now the Rams don't want him. Those were two quarterbacks who got big deals a little prematurely before they really knew what and, their value
0: was. And when you see it in the MLB, so going back to the MLB, when you look at it in the MLB, the players that have bigger contracts than him are Mike Trout, and Mookie Betts. And what those players did before those they got those contracts was win MVPs, show that they are the best player at their position on their team, one of the top five players in the MLB for multiple years on end in most cases before this happened.
1: Maybe it shows and it might not show in the production because I don't I don't really care how good his production is it's probably not worth $340 million he was really good last year I'm just saying I'm just saying I don't know if you could equate that money you could moneyball you could money ball that money around and not because I'm willing to He's one bet. of the
0: best players he is. offensively no, he's fantastic. and defensively he's fantastic. at his position.
1: I understand, but this money that they paid him was premature. This is not a good contract for the Padres. Now they're spending too much money and they're not getting production because they're overpaying people. They're like the Charlotte Hornets. What do you they're they what? paid Eric Hosmer a ton of money. They've paid Tatis a ton of money why did they pay Eric Hosmer so much? They just went to the they just went to the National League
0: Championship Series. And they didn't, they didn't win it, though. It was their first year with this team together. They're saying. all young, and then they went saying. out. They're I'm just gonna, saying. We're they're going to be competing. No, they're not the Charlotte Hornets. They are going to be competing for a championship next year. Okay. Next year. Okay. And into the future with the, some of the contracts that they have signed. They have put themselves in the position to be good for a long time with this contract. We will see. Because they went out and they got pitching, too. They went out and got pitching, which is something that they struggled with last year in the playoffs due to injury. They went out and they bolstered their rotation. And then they signed Tatis to this deal, which you can question about what how good it is for the length and the money. But he's on the team now, and he's on the team, and he's going to be on the team for a while. And the pieces around him, they didn't really lose any of the major league pieces around him. No, oh, fair enough. And, and the major league pieces around him that they did lose, they replaced with arguably better pieces.
1: It was it was a comparison on overpaying. It wasn't a production on, like, actual—I understand that they're better than the Charlotte Hornets. You can over—if
0: you're overpaying people, but you're still going to the championship series, competing for a World Series, I don't think you're overpaying people.
1: But I always compare—but they've had Eric Hosmer for years, though. That's my point. Yeah, but they didn't have anybody around him
0: until now. Okay, but we had a was good from, last year.
1: I'm not saying he wasn't good, but over the course of that time they could have allocated that money and been
0: produce just a better team. But there was nobody else they needed to pay at that point in time. It was all a development in the farm system.
1: I know, we'll go get somebody.
0: I'm just saying. They do I mean, not don't saying, have to do
1: that. I'm not saying. I'm just I was just making an observation. With that being said, I think I think you were right with saying that it was a premature contract and then I related it back to some NFL quarterbacks, but I think I think Fernando Tatis is amazing, and I what I was going to go with that was you see him in the Gatorade commercials and things like that. He's he's a very popular player. You enjoy him a lot, and you're a Chicago Cubs fan, not associated with the podcast. Yeah, he's at all. probably
0: my for, my favorite or second awesome. favorite player. That's not on the Cubs. I
1: like watching him play when he's out there. I watched a few Pirates games myself, so I liked watching him come playoff time, and it feels like such a long time ago since that happened, but. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's fantastic. What is he, 19, 20, 21? He's young. I'll figure it out. I mean, he's, he's incredibly gifted and this puts him, but do you think he's going to stay throughout that whole contract?
0: Yeah. He's 22. Yeah. So he's born January 2nd, 1999.
1: He's just a little bit older than I am. Yeah. <laughs>
0: about about six, a year and a half older than I am. About six, seven months, seven. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, very uh very talented. He's certainly one of the best players in baseball and going to be for a quite possibly a very long time if everything stays the course.
0: Yeah, he's gonna be, yeah, it's it's gonna be fine. He played he played eighty-four games in twenty nineteen and he played fifty-nine games, of course, in a shortened season in twenty twenty. And then,
1: to move on, are you? Are we finished with the Tatis conversation?
0: Um, unless you have anything else to say Mm-mm. about it, I think I'm all good.
1: Okay. But Philadelphia, on Thursday, traded Carson Wentz, the, the man who almost won an MVP towards ACL, has struggled since, to the Indianapolis Colts for two picks, none of them being a first-round pick. What were your
0: thoughts? Well... If Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps next year, or Carson Wentz plays 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs next year, that second-round pick for next year does turn into a first-round pick. So there is that. So if he plays most of the season, like he probably will because they don't have another starting quarterback, that second-round pick does turn into a first-round pick. So it is definitely possible that it turns into a first-round pick. But I like the deal for, for both sides. I like the deal for both sides. I don't think they gave up too much to get him. I think what they gave up, if anything, was was maybe even less than what Carson Wentz is worth. I think that it's a great trade for Indianapolis to get the quarterback, and I think Philadelphia at this point got what they could for him because it was clear that he was not going to be the guy there, and, and you can't ask for too much for someone with that kind of contract. And, and him being a backup quarterback
1: and yeah and then their head coach Frank Reich I mean he's he was with Carson when he was wasn't he the offensive coordinator for the Eagles when Carson had this MVP season then Nick Foles took it over after after basically Carson Wentz clinched the one seed for most of playing most of the season at a very high level gets injured Nick Foles comes in does what he does and wins the Super Bowl Which was an incredible story, but this man is a big thing, a big reason for that production, and he's now the head coach. Those two getting to work together again, added in that offensive line with Quentin Nelson, and uh, what's the other, what's the other, Nick Costanza?
0: Anthony Costanza.
1: Yeah, awesome. Didn't he retire? He might have. I'm not sure. He could have. I know they have a great I feel like one O-line. of them retired. I'm not too familiar with the Colts O line, like name wise, but they have an incredible O line. They have Jonathan Taylor, who is arguably the one of the best running backs, rookie running backs, but there were a few really good ones this year. And
0: I just feel like their one lacking position at the moment is wide is wide receiver, for which sure. they're gonna have to go out and attack in this offseason. But I, I see them being just fine with that. And they have some decent young guys. They have some decent young guys there. I believe Pittman is there. He's been good, and T.Y. Hilton, of course, is there, and he can still be productive.
1: Yeah, he's a little aging, but and he's going to test free agency. And they've
0: got good. They've got good tight ends to check it down to and throw underneath to as well with Jack Doyle and Trey Burton.
1: But there's some. I believe there's probably some wide receivers out there for free agency, and there's certainly guys in the draft they could go out and get.
0: Yeah, Jamar Chase and others.
1: Yeah, Jamar Chase is going
0: early though. We'll have to see because they'll have they'll have that uh, mid to late first round pick. Yep. Yeah, so it'll we, be interesting because they were the last team in and they lost in the first round. So, but a
1: guy like Devontae Smith could certainly fall. He's I not think.
0: gonna. I don't think he's gonna fall that far.
1: I've seen him on some big boards around the mid mid, to be honest. But it depends on who.
0: I just don't think he's gonna fall. That I
1: don't. Far. I don't think he will either. But he's,
0: he's going to a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. That's what I stand by.
1: But they could trade up as well. They, they definitely have, could. They have plenty of options there. They need to do something at that position. But then they have a great defense as well. Of course. So I just think it's a perfect. Perfect situation for Carson to be in. It
0: was was arguably the best situation for a quarterback that was going to move or be drafted this offseason to go to.
1: And I was going to say this on the show. I'm happy I remembered it. But I honestly think that this trade right here, I I didn't tell you this for a reason. I think this makes them the second best team in the AFC behind the Chiefs. Really? I do. Really? I do. I think they're going to shock everybody next year.
0: Interesting, because I saw... I saw something that said the Bills are drafting Bills drafting a good running back from this draft could quite possibly make them the best team in the AFC.
1: No. I don't think so. I don't think they I think they I was gonna say I just saw something
0: that said the Bills are a a Najee Harris draft away from being one of the better teams. We'll see. I mean we'll see.
1: They have potential to, but at the same time they could drop off. They could get – Josh Allen could get figured out potentially. Things could happen. He has a fall-down year after an incredible season. But it happens. They certainly don't keep up that that level of offensive production, I don't think. So it's going to be interesting to see how that defense can – if they can continue to play at a high level because we also see defensives go up and down as well.
0: But, yeah, no, this is a good trade for them. And, and as we I, said – I like it as And well. as we said, basically go out and find a wide receiver and – look out in the afc because this is a team that that should win their division next year and and make some noise in the playoffs as well
1: yeah i completely agree with you and it's i mean there's going to be a lot more movement i mean we still haven't seen we still haven't seen what deshaun watson that whole I've situation heard, i've heard the panthers
0: out. are going to offer picks and christian mccaffrey for him
1: christian mccaffrey
0: wow and and then, Teddy Bridgewater unfollowed the Panthers on everything yesterday. And yeah,
1: that was another situation we can we can just talk about it right now since we're already on the NFL topic. I mean, wow, that's been a situation where when I, if I'm from looking at it from the Panthers situation, Teddy Bridgewater though I I think he I think he's a good morality and he's a great leader for a for a team in a locker room. I think he has all those qualities and I don't think he's a bad quarterback. But you and I both know that even with CMC, they're not going to compete for a championship. Especially with that receiving core they have, which is getting better, but it's still not. With With Teddy Bridgewater there, they, I just see them as too limited to win a championship. So with that being said, they need to go out there and create it by getting a big quarterback upgrade. Because if you throw Deshaun Watson with Christian McCaffrey, that they're going to do some damage.
0: But it doesn't sound like that's going to be the th- the the thing. Christian McCaffrey's going to be involved. I understand.
1: I understand. Which is crazy to me. But, you gotta do what you gotta do.
0: I, I, I wouldn't like them getting rid of Christian McCaffrey.
1: The Texans like to trade for running backs, so it would make sense. It'd be historically true would the David like Johnson that. trade. I wouldn't I think it's an interesting trade, because that's your whole offense. I mean, that's the offensive workhorse. And, with that being said, Joe Brady... They'd have to draft a good running back at that point. You just have to move on and draft somebody else to replace him, like a Najee Harris, like you said. Which, I believe they're ahead of the Colts in that. So,
0: Well, the Colts don't need a running back. It'd be the Bills. Excuse me, the Bills, yeah. I was going to say the Colts <laughs> have their guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I,
1: that's, <laughs> that's who I was thinking of, the Bills.
0: But Any other NFL news? Not with that. Do you think they should move on from Teddy? Um. If you can get Deshaun Watson, I, I think you should go get Deshaun Watson, but that applies for just about anybody in the league that That's doesn't have that I, doesn't I, have a quarterback named Patrick Mahomes. I've had
1: the same exact take. I mean, um, I think I think he's top five quarterback in the league probably.
0: So yeah, I, I'm a fan of anybody really going to get Deshaun Watson if 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 they're trying to win a championship right now. But at the same time Or even in ca- the future. At, but at the same time you can't you can't give up you can't give up too much can give up too much for him
1: i don't know man i think i don't think it's that bad of a trade i actually i actually kind of love it to be honest i think that'd be i think it'd be good for him i mean you are you're not getting into a win now mode which might not be ideal for him but if they can draft a good running
0: back i mean it's pretty much all there as long as joe brady they're not can gonna get be it, able but if you talk about talk about that they're gonna have to find a second third round running back because the trade is gonna have to be what Teddy Bridgewater, first Christian McCaffrey, picks. and multiple f- years of first-round picks?
1: I don't know how many first-round picks. It would have, they have to to lease, it would have to be at least two. It would have to be at least two for the next year, maybe. It would I have don't to know. be at
0: least two, and and that really would have to
1: see the final product. Of course,
0: that would really hurt their ability to draft a good running back.
1: It would. I'm that was me assuming that they get to keep that because if you give up Christian McCaffrey, how much more do you
0: need? You're gonna you have know to give I'm up saying? more though.
1: No, how
0: they're gonna have to give up more. They're going to have to give up multiple first-round picks still, probably.
1: We'll see. Running backs
0: don't have as much value in the NFL.
1: But this is a different animal. It is a
0: different animal. It is. You're right. I love Christian McCaffrey. You know this.
1: And you know that Mm -hmm. they've been robbed before in trades. They traded DeAndre Hopkins for... (laughs) <laughs> David Johnson,
0: this team, is they can be out-negotiated, I feel like. I mean, we'll see. We will see. I mean, and who yeah, but knows? But it's a completely new team that's negotiating for and, the Texans now. And
1: along with that, we will see because the Texans are doubling down that they are not, he's not on the market, he's not available to be traded. So, they said that.
0: They've it's, been saying yeah, that. I, know. I mean, they've been saying this. But at the same time, I think if they get a good enough offer, they're gonna take it.
1: Of course.
0: We'll see what happens. I mean you're not gonna say that he's on the market. You're not gonna say that that, that a top five quarterback in the NFL is on the market. But the like, Rams called about Aaron Rodgers. He, they I mean he's not on the market, but they still called about him. Like you're still gonna get you're still gonna get that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, it's just interesting, and I'm just saying it from their perspective. They don't—they're not interested in trading him, is what they've. Said, I wouldn't so. be
0: interested in trading him either. <laughs>
1: but that's about—I'd say that's about all the NFL news, though. So I can't think of anything else.
0: No, J.J. Watt was last week.
1: Yep, and there hasn't—that'll probably come out within the next couple of weeks, I imagine.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because there's also been talk of a lot of different buyouts. I've heard Von Miller potentially getting bought out.
1: Which who knows? And then something could happen with Frank Clark and the Chiefs because he has such a big contract. Exactly. I, I heard
0: rumors about somebody like Chandler Jones maybe getting bought out. You got a lot of franchise tag news coming down. I've heard the Bears are supposed to franchise tag Allen Robinson here in the in the upcoming days. So there's gonna be a decent amount of NFL offseason news coming up here in the next couple of weeks.
1: And I could definitely see any of those guys, the Chiefs trying to make a move on, potentially especially those last two Von Miller and uh Chandler Jones because I could see them getting rid of Frank Clark because of his potentially his lack of production. That's not my decision, but it is what it is. I've heard that being thrown out there a lot, so we'll see. There's a lot of NFL NFL news to come out still. It's, it's kind of interesting to see how teams are being built. But we are going to take a short break, and when we return, we are going to talk about the NBA and the Nets playing the Lakers on Thursday. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday.
0: Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
1: Now that I've gotten on the Internet, I'd rather be on my computer than doing just about anything. It's really cool. The Internet gave us a whole world of exciting new possibilities. So I guess this is a story of how it changed our lives.
0: Change your life. Change the way you do the Internet. Go like KCOU on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter, at KCOU, and on Instagram, at KCOU881. Stay up to date on the latest online content, events, giveaways, and more. You may be right. I think they're being followed now. Don't look. Just wait. cool. So what are you waiting for, young keyboard warrior? The wonderful world of KCOU is just one click away. We're back here on KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia. Thank you for listening to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU. I'm Ethan Salm, joined still by Nick Catlin, my co-host. Before we get into the NBA, I'm going to show you our little new addition to the show. uh, And here we go. What is it? It is, I'm going to ask you a handful of true-false questions based off of fun stats that I have seen in the past week or so. Are you ready?
1: As ready as I'll ever be.
0: Where, where would you like me to start? I've you got can start two wherever. college basketball questions, an NBA question, and a Premier League uh, slash Man City soccer question.
1: You go with whichever order you want to go in. We
0: will start with Man City's soccer question. Man City have currently won 17 straight games, and they play, which is their longest winning run under their manager Pep Guardiola, since he signed with the team, okay. and they play Arsenal today. They're currently winning 1-0. True or false, Arsenal has ended Pep's longest winning run at each of the last two clubs that he has managed, being Barcelona and Bayern Munich. True or false? Hmm. That's false. That is actually true. Oh, my. That is actually true. Arsenal have beaten Pep Guardiola to end his longest winning run at both Barcelona and Bayern Munich, and they have a chance to do it today against Man City, but they are trailing Man City up one nothing start of the second half. Your second question is a college basketball question. Okay. True or false, West Ver- or this is, actually, this isn't the true or false part, but West Virginia trailed Texas by 19 points yesterday in the second half. True or false, it is the second time that they have trailed by 19 points in the second half of a Big 12 conference game this year and won the basketball game in regulation.
1: False, they did it in overtime.
0: True, they beat Oklahoma State in regulation (sighs) after trailing by 19 points earlier this season.
1: It felt like it was true, but I didn't know if it was in regulation. Then you said in regulation I was sketched.
0: Another college basketball question. True or false, Duke beat number seven Virginia last night, and that was their first top 25 win of the season. It is now February 20th. So, true or false, the Blue Devils' first top 25 win this season was over number seven Virginia last night.
1: They played so many top 25 teams. Oh, it's probably true, bro. I'm going to say
0: false. It is true. It was their first top 25 win last night as they beat Virginia by one. I'm sick. True or false, with his triple-double last night, Russell Westbrook moved up to fifth all-time in Washington Wizards franchise history for most triple-doubles. Fifth all-time.
1: Fifth all-time? Oh my gosh. I'm going to say false for this one because they've they've all been true.
0: So it is false, but what position did he move into? Do you have any idea? I'm gonna say three. Moved into second all time in was Washington my, I, Wizards. That was
1: one that I was either thinking three or two because like he's probably gotten it. I was thinking he's probably gotten at least
0: four or five. There is one player that is has more. I forget what the player's name was. There's one player that has more. And, you know, Russell Westbrooks played 20 games for for the Wizards. But yeah, that is that's your uh that's your true or false this week. You went one for three.
1: Yeah, not not shooting well. It's all good. Yeah, no, I mean, I I feel like because I do remember us talking about those like all those plays, but yeah, he passed John Wall for second most,
0: and he is behind Daryl Walker, who has fifteen.
1: Daryl Walker. Wow. That's, that's really—I I thought I figured John Wall would have more than that, but the Wizards, not a very successful franchise, obviously. But moving into this NBA slate—
0: I'll have more of those for you next week.
1: Yes, sir. Moving into this Thursday slate, the Brooklyn Nets, without Kevin Durant, beat the LA Lakers 109-98, beat them by 11. Of course, the Lakers without Anthony Davis. On Monday, it was announced that he had a calf strain, and um, he will be missing two to three weeks. I would say it's probably going to be pushed in three weeks considering they want him to return fully healthy. But did you watch any of this game, and what did you think of the Nets' performance?
0: I did not watch any of this game, but I thought it was impressive that they won without Kevin Durant uh, because I thought that, you know, the Lakers would, would probably win if there was no KD. But James Harden came in, he scored 23 points. Joe Harris, 6 for 7 from 3. Yep, Joe Harris, as I was just getting there, scored 21 points, and Kyrie Irving was 16 points. And then even some people off the bench for the Nets. That's Luau so Cabarro scored 15 off the bench. Landry a double digits off the bench. So they got the help they needed. And I know there was no Anthony Davis, but we talked a little bit about whether this team without their big men, because the Brooklyn Nets traded away most of their big men, would be able to to match up with the size of the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Lakers played with a decent amount of size granted they did not have Anthony Davis who's one of the best big men in the league but they still have you know a, a good amount of bigs you know they started Kuzma and Gasol and LeBron is of course big and they had some guys come off the bench and Montrez who is who's you know big guy and and Morris and the nets dealt with it pretty well
1: yeah, no, uh, I, I would agree with you on that, but again, Anthony Davis, the best big in basketball, if you wanted to label him as a big guy, did not play. Yeah. So with that being said, Joe Harris shot the ball incredibly well, like I said, six for seven. That's so incredibly well. Like, that's, that's insane. If he has that... Level of productions, the Nets can beat them with or without Anthony. Davis I was going to say this is just, this is
0: the kind of performance they're going to need to beat a team with big men.
1: And of course, Kevin Durant didn't play. So those are two of some of the better players
0: in this game. Two of the top oh, three. I was going to say.
1: So not a lot of quite not possibly a lot
0: two of the top five in the NBA as a whole. Easily,
1: <laughs> easily. I that's that's easy. They could be two of the top three to be honest. Those three: him, LeBron, and Kevin Durant. I think I think that's a pretty fair top three. But. Moving on this, James Harden played incredibly well. 23 points, 5 rebounds, 11 assists. He's been a really great distributor for them. And with the pieces like Landry Shammott, Jeff Green, Joe Harris, even DeAndre Jordan had a phenomenal game. He shot 3-for-3 as well with 8 rebounds, 7 points off the bench. Keep in mind, he's still recovering from that injury. He might, like I said, I still think he's going to have to play a little bit more than he has been. He played 24 minutes, so half the game. I think he's going to have to boost it up to about 30s, you know, pushing 40s come playoff time. But this is the regular season, so it's fair to rest him. But
0: yeah, no, it's—yeah. He's the, old, too. It's, it's, it's the NBA regular season. Both these teams are making the playoffs. If they don't have some of their older guys playing in some of their games, it's not the end of the world.
1: Exactly. And, like, and I don't think there was much to take away from it, but it was, it was a fun game for me to watch, and it was a big NBA slate on TNT.
0: Yeah, potential, potential NBA Finals matchup here, even though we were missing some of the players that would definitely be there for the NBA Finals.
1: And the Nets looked really good. They played, they played incredibly well. But also, in, during that game, or like halftime or something like that, we saw the All-Star Game starters being announced. It was pre-game. It was pregame, awesome. So, yeah, I'll start with the Western Conference. You can take the East. Go ahead. We got Steph Curry at the point guard position. He's having a phenomenal year. I saw earlier in the week he was second in points per game with, like, 30. Playing incredibly well. Luka at the two slot. There was a little controversy on if Dame should have been. Dame put should it. have been. Dame should have been. Well, what is the what is same? What's Dame's at? I haven't really looked at the numbers. We're looking but, at What do you want? Um... You can just do... Let me see the standings, because I usually like to base it on... A lot of times I feel like it should be based on... League. Off
0: of the NBA standings? Yes. The NBA standings.
1: But moving on from Luka real quick, LeBron James, of course, the captain of the West. He's easily one of the, the face of the NBA at this point. Kawhi Leonard getting in, of course, at the power forward position, though he is a small forward. He is uh, He is kind of replacing Anthony Davis, who... Could potentially be in the game if not for injury, and then Jokic finishes it off.
0: Damian Lillard currently this year is averaging 30 points per game on the nose with one steal, eight assists, and four and a half rebounds, and... The Portland Trail Blazers are sitting at fifth in the Western Conference. The Mavericks are currently out of the playoff picture at tenth.
1: Then I totally agree with Dame being D- the Blazers
0: being the man. Eighteen and eleven Mavericks, thirteen and fifteen.
1: Yeah, I totally think that Dame because Dame's having a great year. Earlier, I think on this day he had like forty six points and fourteen assists or something like and that. And if you
0: look at Luca, he's averaging twenty nine points a game, nine assists. Eight and a half rebounds. And
1: Dame has just continued to evolve his game. He's playing still at an incredibly high level and being efficient. So, yeah, I totally think that you can make the argument for him getting in over Luka.
0: But Luka even said that
1: it's possible Dame should have been in that. instead of him. I saw that. I mean, he'll make the all-star team. So. No, he will. So it's, it is what it is. Moving on to the Eastern Conference.
0: Kyrie Irving starts at the 1. Bradley Beal gets the elusive. I mean, it's been elusive for him to start in the All-Star game, uh, but well-deserved, and he is there starting at the 2. Kevin Durant is the captain playing the 3, and then rounded out by Giannis Antetokounmpo and MVP candidate Joel Embiid. I I like their
1: team. Their team has actually got a lot of size on that team.
0: I mean, freaking— They're going to draft them. Durant— This is not the team that we're going to see. It's I guess that's true. I guess that's
1: (laughs) true, yeah. But but yeah, just fun to look at this. I mean, you could have gone, honestly, I know that I'm going to bring it up because I know you probably didn't want to, but Zach Levine could have sl- slid in over Bradley Beal.
0: No, it's not Bradley Beal. It would have been Kyrie Irving. Or I guess Kyrie, but both
1: of them are twos. So let me, but like,
0: let, me let me pull it up for you. Go ahead.
1: But Bradley Beal, I mean, he's having a great year. He stays having a great year. But they're but they have to win. I don't know where they're sitting at in the standings, but I know they're probably out of the playoff
0: They victory. are currently ten and seventeen and sitting in thirteenth place. You the see, Knicks like, the Knicks are fourteen and sixteen and sitting in the eighth spot though. Nice. So it's not it's not like out of reach.
1: No, it's not out <laughs> of reach. But with that being said, it's weird to reward somebody who's sitting at thirteenth in the conference standings
0: the the All Star spot. I I don't think so. I I think think that Bradley Beal deserves it. You saw Trey Young make it and start last year. I
1: thought it was ridiculous back then. (laughs) I had the same take back then, and you disagreed. I'm just telling you, I think it's weird.
0: So Kyrie Irving averaging 27 points a game with 5.5 assists and and 4.5 rebounds. That's Kyrie Irving. And you're going to like this. So 27, uh, 5, and 4. Yep. Zach Levine is averaging... 29 five and five yeah
1: I know he's yeah you could have replaced Kyrie on that for sure but Brett, it's more of a popularity contest we understand that and Kyrie finished pretty
0: close to be pretty close to him in votes I bet he he's did gonna say Zach Levine I think finished third or fourth in the fan voting at the guard position he jumped Jalen Brown at the last minute uh and Beal, just so you can have the uh just so you can have it Beal's leading the league in points per game averaging 33 points per game. With four assists and five rebounds, so he has to start. He's leading the league in scoring. I guess he has but, to start, <laughs>
1: but at the same time, he's playing on a on a team that's just getting blown out all the time.
0: They beat the they beat they beat the uh, Blazers last night.
1: They're not beating anybody else, it seems.
0: They have beaten. Let me see. Let's go through their recent results. They beat.
1: They're losing. Really? They're losing all the time. They beat what they've beaten their about? last
0: couple of games. They've beaten the Blazers, the Nuggets, the rockets, the celtics.
1: They did get off they're, to a rough they're on a four-game
0: winning streak beating three teams that are currently in the playoffs, two of which are in the western conference.
1: Well, good. They got to make up for how bad they started the season.
0: Yes, they do. And but, they've also beaten teams like the Suns this year, so
1: But good for Bradley Beal cuz I thought he should have at least made the roster last year cuz he was playing. I think he should have I think all the players we've talked about should be making the roster. But there's only a limited amount of people who can get the starting role, 10 to be exact. But moving on to Friday, the Mets and Cubs trade talks surrounding former MVP Chris Bryant, third baseman, Chris Bryant, have now halted. So what do you think about that? There's been a lot of talk about it, and nothing has really they, they, the quotes were couldn't get around couldn't get past the first inning or something like that, you know, So
0: I'm happy. I like having Chris Bryant in a Cubs uniform. I'd like if he'd sign a contract extension and they'd keep him around. So I'm quite happy with, with them not trying to trade him because, you know, I'm tired of my team not getting good returns on trading good players. <laughs> so I'd rather keep him at that point.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. I just wanted to see your thoughts on it. I really didn't have much much to say. I mean, the other than the Mets are just trying to make really big plays and they're trying to... Build a championship roster in New York that isn't named the Yankees. So it's just a fun storyline to watch. And then on Saturday, just to point this out because Australian Open, big deal. Naomi Osaka won and Novak Djokovic
0: Naomi Osaka beat beat Serena Williams in the in the semifinals too. Yep. I watched that.
1: Yeah, I figure I figured people did. I think I was working on something, but I did want to watch it to be honest.
0: I did not watch any of the men's side, but I did watch a little bit of Osaka and Williams. And that was good. Naomi dominated her. She's the young goat. She is. She she absolutely very talented. Is. Yeah, no, and it was fun to watch. Tennis is always interesting when you get down towards the end of these tournaments and, and watch some of the really, really good players in the world. Go up against each other. It's kind of like watching. It's kind of like watching, you know, golf on Sundays too. It's like you get to see some of the real best players compete, and it's 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 fun. It's a good time, and you know it'll be more interesting, of course, and more people will watch when it's not the Australian Open and it's not live at eleven p.m. or in one Nine thirty or- one thirty in the morning or something like that. Because I think the finals were finals were Saturday, but they were like at a really early hour of the morning. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, not an ideal time for us, but when they of course come come here for their for their other majors, US and Grand Open, Slams. Yeah, yeah, things be here. like that. They will uh will get those times. But just interesting to note, and it's a big story, so figured we'd at least touch on it. Yeah, for sure. And then for Mizzou, we said that they were bouncing back and then on Saturday they did, beating South Carolina and getting back on track after that three game skid, beating them ninety three to seventy eight. What did you think of this one?
0: Uh, I I thought it was good. I thought that South Carolina made it a little bit close at one point during the second half, and and you look at the second half, and they did outscore Mizzou by one, 49-48, so a very high-scoring second half. And it, it was a win that they needed to have. It was a win that they needed to have, end of story. And my question for you is, do you think it's enough to keep them ranked in the top 25 now?
1: 100%. I mean... Like I said, if anyone with context would understand what is going on, it's just people don't have context. Jeremiah Tillman was out for two of their three-game skid, and two of those games were at least relatively close. So, especially the Arkansas overtime loss, they they suffered in a game that when you when you stated last week he obviously dominated. So, and then he comes in this game. Shoots 5-for-5 five five from the floor and shoots perfect from the line 7-for-7. Seven seven. The team shot incredibly well from the free of the line, like they do av- on average 84% in this game. So all that combined for putting up 93, and usually when this Mizzou team's putting up these type of numbers, they're going to win because they're very sound defensively and they're not usually going to give up 90.
0: Yeah, and it's imagine having your best player come back and winning a basketball game it's that simple for for mizzou jeremiah tillman comes back he plays 20 minutes he scores 17 points he's perfect from the field and from the line as you said and mizzou wins the mizzou wins the basketball game and and that shouldn't surprise anyone
1: i truthfully think you could argue there's three players you could argue that are the best player on this team drew smith xavier pinson Jeremiah Tillman. And I think you could fairly argue either of those three, to be honest with you. just depends on what you want. What do you think is mo- most valuable?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I I stand by the fact that I think Jeremiah Tillman is, is the best player on this team. I'd, He's I'd, not going to score the most on a on lot of nights, but I think his presence is, is the most impactful on this team.
1: To give you mine, I would disagree on the impactful part, and I would say Drew Smith is more impactful because of his ability to to not only defend, they're both in credit, I think all three of those you could argue. I think Tillman and Drew Smith more than maybe X from this matter, but
0: So my problem with it is my problem with it is when you look at what happens when one of these guys is out, yes, it hurts, but there we don't really have anybody that can replace and and make up what Jeremiah Tillman brings to the team.
1: No, you don't, and and I mean you've seen you saw it out of Kobe Brown earlier in the week, but it just wasn't enough, and it's better for those two to play off each other rather than have to replace one. Exactly, and I think it goes the same with Kobe Brown wasn't able to play because he's been a vital piece to this team, being that stretch four position, being able to knock down shots, especially from the corner three and things like that, and be that athletic. He kind of plays a lot like Draymond Green, Liza Scott, Eli Scott for uh, uh, Chino Hills did with Lonzo Ball, like kind of play that. Technical role, getting rebounds, playing your role basically. So I think he's been vital to the team as well. They all they're i think, gonna need them all to win. I do I honestly think that. And they're gonna need health to be on their side and things like that. But that's about all we had for that. And yep. then in other news, Duke upsetting number seven, Virginia after Jalen Johnson ops opts out. Do you think it's but do you think it is a weird look for him when it comes to being scouted? and things like that. Do you think he might fall past number 6, especially with opting out, if this Duke team makes some type of sh- late-season stretch?
0: Maybe, but he's not going to fall out of the lottery. Does that make sense? It does. He's not going to fall out of the lottery. He's not going to fall that far. Does he fall to double-digit picks? Maybe. Does he fall out of the top 15? I doubt it. But, I mean, it's possible. And, and I is Duke... Gonna make the tournament.
1: I mean, we'll see. I mean, we they heard they about have Joe a chance, Lenardi but... talking
0: about him yesterday about how he still believes that this team can make the tournament. It's like I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked. They're ten and eight,
1: <laughs> but they have played a tough schedule. Not I mean,
0: that tough. They have a couple of early losses. I mean, they lost to Michigan State and Illinois early. But if you look at other teams, they lost to Pitt, Louisville, Miami, North Carolina, Notre Dame.
1: Louisville's good.
0: Virginia Tech was a good loss, but. But the man, UNC loss was tough. And they've, but they haven't beaten anybody except for this Virginia team.
1: You're right. No, you know, they don't you have a, a good, They don't have a good win on paper. They don't. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I'm shocked as well. But you know how it goes with the. With I the hope. Brand I mean, new. I hope they make it. You know. You, you know, know how they're I feel gonna. If they have a chance of giving them, putting them in, they're gonna put. I was them gonna them say you know Duke, how I bro. feel
0: about Duke. I'd love if they're in, but it's at at eight and six in the conference and ten and eight overall. I'm just not sure if it's something that that you can do
1: understandable and and yeah it was a big win for them to put them back on track so that maybe they if they make a little late season run and they could potentially be one of those like you know 11 12, things like hope that. hope so
0: it'd be awesome to see them in there
1: but how many more games they got they got four more games on the schedule Syracuse Louisville Georgia
0: Tech or yes and then UNC have to win all of them yeah, I mean you you're have gonna to have win to win all of them.
1: Uh, yeah, at least three out of four.
0: No, you have to win all of them.
1: Oh, I don't know if they have to win all of them. Bro. You have to win all of them. That dude, that, they finish the season. Okay, okay they finished the finish honestly, season
0: with 14 wins, and you're gonna put them in the NCAA tournament.
1: Not everyone's playing the same schedule that they've been playing. You think they're gonna have
0: 35 games played? No, I don't. But I don't think they win it at, at they go in at. Okay, but with that eight. being
1: said, but with that being said. You have to put them in if they're 14 and 8. You have to, because they've played such a big schedule. And if they finish the year off, you know, let's say they win three out of the next four. They Okay. Let's say they win three out of the next four. They're six and one in their last seven. They're six and one in their last seven. They've played a tough non-conference. They've had to deal with all cancellations and everything. I think you have to put them in. Thirteen and, they and would nine be in. doesn't do it for me. But they're playing. Look at who they've played, though.
0: Thirteen and nine doesn't do it for me.
1: Okay. Okay. They finish with a good conference record as well. They'd be like fourth or fifth. They'd probably they'd be
0: finish. F- they finish probably fourth or eleven fourth. and seven in the conference. I mean, there's a lot of teams. If in the they years. went three and one,
1: yeah, I mean they're fifth right now, so they'd probably
0: and they play Syracuse, who would get a loss in that game, and they. that's, yeah. that's the only team above them that they play, though. I think. Oh no, Louisville would get a loss too.
1: Yeah, I mean there there could
0: be some flip-flops. They're not catching could... Louisville though.
1: But they don't have to win it though. I mean, like, like. Well, I don't understand how you can say this, and it's Duke. It's. I Duke.
0: think. I think if they if they only win three out of the last four,
1: I'm telling you. If they
0: only win three out of the last four, they need a run in the ACC tournament. Otherwise, they won't make it.
1: I'm telling you, if they have a reason to put them in, they're putting them. I in. I hope so. You know that's how it is, though.
0: I hope they put them in.
1: That's how they do this. They, you know that they've they they've squeaked in so many teams that didn't need to be squeaked in for. Like, for example, Trey Young's Oklahoma team was not that good. They had that playing game and got tossed. But that's just an example. What is your moment of the week, sir, to wrap this up?
0: Everton. Everton winning at Liverpool yesterday, giving Liverpool their fourth straight loss at home. And it's the first time that Everton has won at Liverpool since 1999. And it's the first time they've beaten Liverpool in the league in a long time as well, I believe there's only one player on the active Everton roster that had ever beaten Liverpool. So,
1: yeah, I thought I think that's interesting. Birth year for me, birth year, and then my moment of the week in the main event of the UFC fights: Derek Lewis's vicious uppercut on Curtis Blades coming going in for a takedown. Did you see that? Nope.
0: Wow, I wasn't watching the UFC last night; I was watching the NBA instead.
1: Oh, I figured you had seen like a highlight. You should look it up, though. It's pretty crazy. I was but say, the
0: Bulls played last night. Zach Levine dropped 30 again. I know. He's playing <laughs> well. He's
1: playing well. We know that. But for my upset pick, I'm taking Oregon over number 17, USC. I think Chris Duarte gets it done. This is early in the week, like Monday or Tuesday. I'm not entirely sure. Let me look it up. But I think Chris does it. gets it done. Duarte. Did you see what I said? No, I did not. What did you say? Oh. Oh, they! Oh my gosh! They they're going to be ranked next week.
0: Oregon has won five in a row and moved up to third in the Pac-12. And USC just lost a conference game to. Just lost a conference game to. Uh, will come
1: back to me then.
0: Arizona yesterday. Uh, I have Iowa over Michigan, which is which will probably be a top ten matchup between both teams. So I put it in alternate, if, in case you don't want me to pick Iowa over Michigan, uh, with it being Arkansas over Alabama in college basketball. So both of mine are ranked V-ranked, but I understand if you don't want me to take the uh, Iowa, who will probably be a top-10 team next week, and Michigan, who definitely will be a top-10 team next week.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure who I'm going to pick for my for my upset, so we will just move on from it. It's fine. My what to watch for, though, is 7-0 Cyril Ghosn. He's a French heavyweight in the UFC. He is fighting in the main event next week against another heavyweight named Rosenstruck. He's... He's incredibly talented, both, I think. I've seen, first time I saw Gon was when, it was like a prelim, like a year or so ago, and he was, he has great size, great technique, and I think he could be champion. I think I've said it on this show before, so he's got a big test coming
0: up. Uh, And then I've got the NBA All-Star Reserves getting announced, because I'm just waiting to see exactly when they announce Zach Levine as a first-time NBA All-Star.
1: And we will be talking about those when they are announced next week. Same time, same place. Sunday, 11 a.m. to noon. We will be here. We, you can follow us on Twitter at Weekly Walkthrough KCOU. That is at Weekly Walk, at Weekly Walk KCOU. And we will see you same time, same place. This is Nick Catlin, joined by Ethan Salm. Have a great rest of your week. A screen door salam.